listening at the orange door, I lose your mind. I'm Leanne Butterworth, and what are you talking to us about today? Butterworth, <laughs> <laughs> well, bro. Uh, I'm talking to you about empathy and leadership. I believe. You believe? Oh, that's good because that's what I was hoping you were going to talk to us about. So, <laughs> the point of listening at the orange door, because this is the orange door, is that I want to talk to people in all different industries about empathy. Because I think there's a bit of a misconception about what it is, why it's useful, whether it even belongs in business. So the idea is that we talk to all different professionals, so engineers and salespeople and teachers and whatever it is that you do, and we figure out where empathy fits in that, why it's valuable, what it's uh, value is like social value, commercial value, and then kind of break that apart and see where we come up with. So this okay. listening at the orange door, I lose your mind. I'm Leanne Butterworth, and you are who are you? Mark Bray. And what do you? Mark do J Bray, Bray apparently on LinkedIn. So uh, nice you're Bray. looking for me. <laughs> you what go. do I do? Um, that, that's an interesting question. So. I'm currently the global head of knowledge at a company called Hassel, who are designers. Um, but uh, my role really, or my, my key strengths are leadership. So over the last 15 years, I've been in leadership roles. Um, and in the companies before Hassel, I guess my skill set was going into problemish companies and trying to turn them around to so companies with cultures that weren't very aligned with uh, the vision of the business or the mission. Um, they're usually companies that have had mergers and acquisitions. So numerous companies have come under one umbrella and there are three or four cultures, let's say, in, that, in the businesses that come in and we need to align them. So my job is to build a team, uh, build a culture, build excitement about what the business is going to deliver and, like all business, deliver a profit and loss. So... In your world, what does leadership mean? So leadership really is to inspire people to be better than they believe they can be. That's, that's kind of what my why is. So uh, okay. that's become my passion. Um, so, so, yeah, so leadership, I mean, we all know the stats that most people are depressed going to work, you know, like 60% are disengaged. Um, people are always looking for a new job. Uh, our roles of people have almost become commodities. You know, we are almost a widget ourselves. So when people leave, we can always replace other people to do the job. So as much as people are our number one asset, especially in the consultancy world, which is where I live, um, we know that they're replaceable. No one, no one is indispensable. So, um, so people can always move around, but people want to be engaged, especially you know, people from any age group want to be engaged. So like, you know, I'm almost 50 next year. Wow, scary. Um, so people beyond my age group and coming into the workforce now, they want to be engaged. They want to have fun. They want to have an experience that you know lets them enjoy their life. Uh, and leadership, from my point of view, is actually enabling them to do what they're passionate about, the job they're doing, um, and ensure that they have a, as good a time as they can in, in delivering what, what they're doing. So, um, I mean, the structure and the way business is in terms of its processes and how we measure people is still very... Archaic, and I think it's broken in a lot of instances. Obviously, there is the PL, so money is still the main driver in most businesses, social enterprises like yourself. Um, I'm trying to question that, although there is still a, a money element in that because that's what makes the world go round. Um, but it's also, you know, we're still measuring um, 
utilization and how efficient people are. We almost want people to be a machine um, because we're trying to streamline them um, okay. into some doing great stuff. And, and, and what that does is that puts pressure on people. There's deadlines, there's client expectations, and there's business expectations, and there's personal expectations. So as a leader, I believe that my job is to um, uh, give them the purpose to actually deliver what they, they want to achieve at work, help them drive that, get some personal goals going, get the business goals, um, and basically turn usually a high-performing, uh, sorry, a team of high performers. There's a lot of individuals at work in most places that really are quite good high performers, but I try and turn it into a high-performing team, which is very cliche, but it's very difficult to do. You have a lot yeah. of people that are very, very good at their job, but to bring them to a cohesive team um, is really, really interesting, quite fascinating to do. And, and, and sport analogies are one of my favourites, and I think, you know, team sports are amazing in terms of the way they've been a team together. And we can still, and it's very easy to measure because it's a win and lose yeah. scenario very quickly with with sports teams. Um, and we still see it with sports teams. You know, you get a bad egg in a sports team, um, it can ruin the whole team. And you get, um, sorry, serious talking to me. Um, and uh, and you get, uh, you need that also in in a, in a business environment, in a, in a work environment. So my job, my job is to, um, yeah. Make people believe they're better than they can be and give them a buzz about it. Okay, so if part of leadership is making great teams, um, where then does empathy fit into that? So um, there is so empathy is, is key to all of it. And what's your what's your like, definition of empathy to start with? What do you see as being empathy in business and leadership? Um, so I so lead, empathy is about leading leading people through their eyes so you can say in their shoes but it's it's understanding their point of view not your point of view it's actually i mean we listen most of the time to answer we don't listen to understand so even when we're talking to team who's talking to us and they might say something unless it's an alarm bell piece of information uh, which is usually the shocking information um we listen to answer we don't listen to understand so um empathy to me is fully understanding as much as we can with our own lens because we always put our own lenses of our experience onto everything um you know if i you know i don't have kids so if someone comes to talk to me about passion of children but from being a child i don't necessarily have the full range of of emotion around what it is to be a father um uh, so so you can only put yourself into so much position to do so. I mean, you know, I've had instances where people have come to me and totally out of the room, we've had this conversation before where you're just having a conversation, you know the person's upset and you've gone for a walk because it's not appropriate to have that conversation in the office. Uh, and they've admitted that someone close to them has, has tried to commit suicide the day before. That was in my life is, I, I've been blessed, but no one in my, in my life has not has tried to do that as far as I'm aware or reached out to me. So to suddenly put myself into a position to do that is, is about, um, it's, it's impossible for me to do so. Mm. So, um, but what you do do is obviously you listen to understand, you don't listen to reply. Um, you put it all together very quickly because you have to do that because you do need to respond and work with this person. Um, and then you actually, you, you learn to reach out to others who might even be able to help them better than I can. Yeah. Um, but empathy really is about just full understanding um, of what this person's going through and not judging it, um, not making a very quick snap decision around it. Um, and, 
and actually giving the guidance and as much support and help as you can to through that. Um, yeah. It's not a simple, it's nowhere near a simple, I mean, we know that empathy is different. Yeah. It's definitely not a simple, but I think yeah. it's, it's one of the, there's three areas that to me are the bedrock of leadership. There's consistency um, in leadership. So there's so much time where you come to work and if a leader, if a, if a person is the type of leader that changes their um, mood every day, depending nah. on what's happened to them. I've met home, them. Yeah. We've all met them. So you have to temper your behavior around that leader yeah. that day. Yeah. And you ask a few questions and you learn the type of questions you need to ask to know whether that person is a great day, or a shit yeah. day, or an average day, which is terrible. It's, that's the worst type of leadership yeah. ever. Are we tiptoeing so, around them today? Yes, and you can't, you just can't do that. If, if you're leaders like that, most people leave. But if people don't leave jobs, people leave people. People leave yes. leaders. Um, so that's, to me, that's the worst trait ever. You need to be consistent. And if, you, if you're coming in with a bad mood for a day, you need to walk around the block twice, then come into the office in the mood that you should be every day. So you, you leave your emotions at the door to deal with the team. Um, the other one is decision-making. A lot of the time, people look at you for a decision. The team looks at you and says, okay, we're in a bit of a mix here. I need a decision. So many leaders procrastinate. They don't quite know which way yeah, to go. Okay. You have to make a decision. Whether it be right or wrong, make the bloody decision. Okay, we're going to go this way. We're going to do this today, or we're going to talk to that yeah. client that way. And, and it might be wrong at times, and you'll learn yeah. from that. But, but people are looking at you for guidance. Make the decisions. Don't procrastinate. People yeah. really look at that. And the other one is empathy. They're the three bedrocks. So the empathy piece is you have to put yourself in their shoes, look through their eyes, and understand as much as you can. And this, again, comes back to it's difficult to learn sometimes because a lot of people are inherently empathetic and a lot of people are not inherently empathetic. And, yeah. again, it depends on their background. And a lot of non-empathetic people, in my view, make, you know, become leaders but make bad leaders. Yeah, okay. Um, but again, they sometimes make decisions and they don't care about people and that decision is right for the business because it affects the P&L, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily affect the team. So there's this high balance. I mean, the key the key is, um, you know, I believe that, especially in a customer-centric business, I mean, again, consulting, we're very client-focused. Our people, we, we don't sell widgets. We sell people's time, which is a bit impressive as well. We need to figure out a different way to sell uh, our services. Um, but... Um, but we, our people are, are what's on the shelves. We don't sell a product. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's the um, same as me. Yeah, exactly. So if our people aren't engaged, then how can they engage our clients? Hmm. There's some business leaders out there that go, you know, projects come first, clients come first, and then people. Yeah. I totally disagree with that. I believe our people, people in our office, yeah. our team come first, um, and our business come first, and then the clients and that will follow because if yeah. they're engaged, the clients will become engaged. But so, I think the I think the, the the issue is there's a lot of things in this world right now that we believe are broken. Yeah. So people are arguing that politics are broken. The way we measure a lot of things are broken. Our fascination with money, um, and I'm trying to understand that more. I'm reading the, the the history of economics at the moment to get a better grasp on on all of that. Um, and I think the way we measure people, whether well, the way people act like they're measured. If I set you a goal then you will do everything and, and you're rewarded for that goal and usually financially or in a, in a way that's going to give you some sort of excitement. Um, you will you will act the way that you're going to get success for that measure. So yes. if you change the measure, yes. 
we change the way that we we'll change the way what success looks like. So in businesses, as I said, most businesses are profit and loss, utilization. You know, I've been in big yeah. businesses where you get a phone call from an American in an America in, in America, and I'm in Australia, going like, Mark, you got to get rid of this person because their utilization is like sixty percent." It's like, but this person's amazing just because they're having a bad month. Mark, that's not a, it's not a request. That's uh, an order. Almost, you will yeah. get rid of them. And it's like, and, and it becomes you're a, you know you're on a spreadsheet, you're yeah. on a spreadsheet, or across on a spreadsheet. And if you're not forming on your utilization, doesn't matter the value you bring. So that's still happening in business. So again, I've oh. been working recently with my lead researcher, Dr. Augustine Chavez, uh, genius of a man, about how do we change the measures of of work? Uh, and we've been looking at impact investment. So impact investment over the last 10 years or whatever, wherever it came in, have 13 goals, 14 goals that are just not about dollars. They're yeah. about, uh, 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 there's a load of goals that, that help support impact investment that do good, as you said, for CSR and other yeah. areas. What, what if we brought that into the workplace? What if we measured performance of business yeah. for other for, in other ways apart from just financial? But to change an industry is really, really hard. Yeah. Um, change the whole world really really hard but it, it, until it gets really broken i mean we're seeing suicides go up we're seeing you know uh depression go up um I, I still don't think that as much as i love social media and i'm on instagram and i love to post pictures of the dogs and i don't think it's the healthiest thing in the world right now um and uh people see these you know milliseconds of happiness that people yeah. are under but that's yeah it's, it's just a picture and a moment in time and oh my god i want to be like them uh, and I think you know we've got to get through that. Work is because we spend so many hours at work. I mean, if you yeah. if you're a traditional, as you said, if you've got a muggle job, which I love, you got a muggle job, um, and you're a nine to fiver, you're not a nine to fiver. Most people aren't nine to fivers, especially consultancies in the world. I mean, you are a twenty four seven. Yeah, your phone's on. There's emails coming through to it. Text messages. Someone will send you something, and it will give you a sleepless night. So um, then, in terms of because the thing that I read recently was empathy and leadership, and it said yep. uh, employees who have leaders who lack empathy, but it said that they view the organisation in a negative way. If So that's one yep. person can actually make you view the yep. organisation in a negative way. So then my thinking is if you want to build trust with customers and you want the yep. customers to trust your entity, then yep. that has to come from the staff. And if the staff think poorly of your entire organisation because of uh, a leader that doesn't have empathy, yep. then that can be disastrous. And so you can't just constantly look at, well, how do we get our customers to trust us if you don't have this internal culture of empathy, trust, safety, openness, yep. and people don't necessarily like coming to work. No, and and and, and it can, it's amazing how one bad egg, one one person, especially at a leadership point, um, can affect you know twenty thirty people, can affect a whole region, could affect a whole office in Melbourne or in Sydney. I mean, you know, I'm writing a book as you know called FIFA, which is yes. it sounds very aggressive because it's it, it's a working title, but it's fitting off. Apologies for the swear, um, but it's a human centric book. It's about if the business, if the, if the direction we're going isn't for you. Then maybe this isn't isn't the business for you, but it's not because you're necessarily a bad person. It's because you just don't fit into this culture of this business. Yeah. Um, and it's it, and it's um, 
But if you don't get rid of the bad eggs in that business, and most of the time it's because they're bored, they've been there too long, they, you know, it's not because they're a nasty person. They will affect the others around them. Um, and sometimes that comes out into bullying, which is really, really extreme. Um, but, uh, I mean, the, the fascinating thing about leadership to me, because when you're a leader, you're always on, you, you know, you're the, you know, the girlfriend or such of, of a, a, in an office uh, or, or in an uh, organization. You are always on, like no matter what, you might not think you are, but everyone's yeah. looking at you. So, and it's amazing that a lot of people, well, I've written a couple of blogs on this where people said something to me three years later. And they go, do you remember when you said? And I was like, I have no idea when I said that or why yeah. I said that. They remember it. Yeah. But again, even if they don't remember it, there's a lot of people that necessarily don't remember um, what you said, um, but they will remember how you made them feel. How you made them feel. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So Absolutely. it may not be, I don't quite remember what you said, but you made me feel amazing that day. Or you made me feel like a piece of shit. And I've always remembered that. And it's usually the negative Absolutely. ones are the positive, the extremes. Are. Yeah. So, and you're always honest that. And there can be sometimes when anyone, no matter how empathetic or how great a leader, there will be a throwaway comment sometimes. Oh, and we've all done it. I mean, I've done it. And then you go home and you go like, oh, I think I should Oops, phone that person easy. up because it wasn't, it, I didn't mean it in that context. Or, yeah. and, uh, and you know it's going to affect them. Yeah. Um, and that's where you, text as well. That's where text yeah. can be disastrous as well because they I mean, even email, but text is worse. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because you don't know no, that's so. not what I meant. So, in terms of, I think we take for granted that empathy and leadership is a face-to-face -face interaction where you have all the benefits of eye contact and you have body language and tone of voice. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, there is. A whole other kettle of fish there, where you take away all of that, and that comes yes. down to then your interpretation. So then, yes. how do you, for you, because I know how I improve empathy in the workplace, and that's by giving people a vulnerable experience, so that then they have this um, combined vulnerability. They have a language. They know how to talk to people, um, how to listen to people more than how to talk to people, how to actually listen and get rid of judgment and bias and um, they take themselves out of the picture. So if someone tells them yep. something, their first reaction is, oh, what does that say about me? Yeah. But <laughs> given that you haven't got sort of the, the VR experience that I offer, you've done it. Yep. How yep. do you go about enhancing empathy in the workplace and what sort of changes have you seen in workplaces that you've gone into and i i think a lot of it comes just through experience i, I think there are people that lean themselves to be empathetic yeah um just in the way they've been brought up and i think you know we whether you whether it's parenting or relationships or yeah there there people are have, are better at softer skills like some people are good at math some people are good at sports yeah. Some people are really strong at empathy. But I do believe that the best empathetic leaders are people that have actually experienced quite a bit in life. Yeah. Um, because it does give you then the context to actually, as you say, take yourself out of the of the equation. So step to, you know, walk outside your own body to actually be able to listen um to understand, not listen to yeah. reply. Um and again, if you've been in if you've been in a situation that you've lived through, then you, as I say, people people don't necessarily what they re remember what people say, but they remember how they feel. 
So yeah. if I've been through an experience and someone has come to me and they're going through a similar experience, whether that be a breakup with a girlfriend or a dying dog or, yeah. you know, I, I haven't won the lottery yet. Not that I probably need much empathy for lottery win, but, you know, I I would have experience in myself in understanding what that is. I remember, again, I was on a building site once years and years ago, probably in the early 90s, and a young lad came in and his cat had died. Um, and, I, and he was so upset. The poor bugger was so upset. Uh, and his boss went, you know, it's only an effing cat. Just get to oh. sit down. And the bloke, just, <laughs> the bloke wasn't even, even worse. Like, and it was just, there was just nothing there. And in the end, he went home that afternoon because he'd just been in function. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, 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 like, there was nothing. <laughs> I know. There was nothing. Oh. And, I always, and I'll always remember that. I don't remember any of their names, but I remember how that day went. Yeah. Um, so, so I, you know, you can learn to step away. Uh, you can be taught, um, you know, it's almost like having a safe word for, for one of, you know, when, when something triggers, you need to be able to say, okay, I've had training that I will step away. I might not be able to deal with it, but I'm here to listen. And yeah. I might not have to deal with it in terms of give them an answer, but yeah. I, am, I am listening to understand. I'm not listening to answer. Yeah. Um, so we can be trained that, but it's a matter of understanding the triggers of people. Because again, some people get triggered by the most, what others would think the most trivial of things because they've yeah. not lived it, they've not experienced it. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, ha I do know people who do suffer from depression and they can go through some really traumatic things in life and it doesn't affect them, but it rains and yeah. they, just, they just can't handle it. It's like, and, and as a person that, well, I'm English, so it rains all the time, so that would really do me in if, it was, that, was, if that was the case. But, you know, it's, you, don't, I can't, you need to learn how they, these triggers work and how, how people do yeah. it. So, so but you also, can talk to a certain point, but you can't. I, I think it's still an experiential piece, absolutely. which is why your your PR piece to me, which is why I engage with it, I think so well because you know, God bless, I have never had the episode that personally that you put me through when I do the VR. Yeah. So when someone comes to me and says. I'm really suffering and I'm really struggling. Again, I would go until I listened to you or watched your VR. I'd be like, oh yeah, okay. Take myself out of it, and I would try to understand. But I couldn't. If yeah. I, the, the one that the one that gets me that's always got to me with you on your VR is when you said to me, "How long did the, speak, the teacher speak French?" And you said that, um, and uh, and I didn't hear anything. And as you say, like I could have told someone yesterday who was having a problem day, and I'm just like, "Yeah, you'll be fine. Like, let's just go for a walk." and and told them a load of stuff. And then when today I say to them, what, did you do what we said we'd do? And they go, I can't remember any of that. I didn't hear you. Yeah. I didn't know. And I'd be like, but you said yes, or you yeah. nodded. Or, uh, and yeah. it'd be like, and my brain wouldn't. But when I put your VR on, I was actually quite shocked. Actually, I was. I was. You say people get quite emotional. I mean, I didn't yeah. break down or anything, but I was actually shocked that I hadn't taken everything in. Yeah. Um, and if that's really what's going on in people's minds, that suddenly made me realise that okay, well, I know nothing about this, so I can go to every, you know, Beyond Blue teaching lesson and listen to them. Yeah. But it wasn't until you used technology to really open my eyes. Yeah. Because even if you never meet somebody, because we do an activity now where you then have to describe that to somebody, which in and of itself is a vulnerable thing to do. Yes. Which yeah. a lot of people have never done. They've never opened up and said, "Hey, I'm struggling." They've never struggled with anything, so they've never had to open up and be vulnerable. But because I get people, even if you don't connect with the content of the VR, 
you can connect with being vulnerable, telling somebody something that you're not even sure what it was. Mm -hmm. So when someone does open up to you, you go, whoa, okay, I've got someone who's genuinely trusting me and being vulnerable with that information. I I can connect with that. Like there's always going to be a piece in there and I just wanted to be heard. They just want to be heard. And so to me, if you then have a workforce full of people who just listen and have those little conversations along the way, then a stressful performance review shouldn't happen because you should already know that little stuff. Like you should already know a little bit of the 80% that's going on outside of work that makes a work day more stressful. And again, you got you, you get a good thing there. Performance reviews, please. Um, so many people they still do the annual performance review. Yeah. Um, and it's this big thing, and there's a form to fill in. And it goes nowhere. No one does anything about it. I mean, they're, they're dead. Companies still do them. And everybody's I mean, stressed about it. The the manager's stressed. They don't like doing it. The person being yeah. assessed doesn't like doing it. Like yeah. And uh, so it, it comes back to great leadership is just about a relationship. You know, you need a monthly catch-up that, that's off-site or, I mean, just for a coffee or a walk or um, yeah. just to understand, you know, how, how are you doing? What's, 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 what's triggering anything or what, what's great success, you know? Yeah. Um, which, again, is like, you know, there's a huge amount of research gone into how many people you can manage, you can leave. How many people can okay. you effectively, effectively leave? And there is a, uh, again, Gus, Gus was do, working with, I think, Stanford or one of the big universities in the US about it, and um, uh, and they, you know they worked it out. They, they had an algorithm or you know, yeah. calculations, and it's, and I was like, oh, it's nine. And Gus was like, it's not nine. I said, well, how do you know? How many people you let? And other people say that, and, I was, and he was going, well, the algorithm says, you know, all the all the steps and yeah. yeah. But in my view, in my view, it's nine. If I have more than nine, uh, from my experience. Yeah. Then I fail because if, as soon as I get up to the 10s, 11s, 15s, I can't give those people the time. No. So then you need a great cascading system in a larger business. You need an amazing cascading system of leaders, leaders. So this is leaders on leaders, but it's these yeah. people that are, so you can understand what's happening further down the train, but it comes through your your yeah. leadership team to the top rather than uh, you could still be open to talk to whoever's working, you know, a grad that's come through and you should be able to speak to them. Yeah, but you can't. You know, if you got fifty people in the business, you'd be having a lot of coffees and a lot of walk around the blocks if you got a. But even, even like what you said before about let's go for a walk or whatever it is, it's being interested in those people as human beings. Of course. Like not as little machines or whatever it is. So, and I yes. think not many people have more than nine close friends. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. have that many relationships that are genuine and open because also i mean that's hard to do you know what i mean to actually give it give it a full give it your full attention and honor it in the way that it's supposed to be honored um that's actually quite hard to do with more than let's say nine people um because that's what people want they want eye contact they want to know that they're important and if you're one of 20 25 100 you're never going to feel that the hardest thing to do, though, is to lead certain people that you don't like, but you have to lead them. So they may be yeah. brilliant at their job, 
but you'd never be friends. You'd never be friends yeah. at work. They have certain traits, but they're really good at what they do. And yeah. you need to you need you need to strengthen the pieces they're good at. And you, yeah. Or you need to support and the bit they got, and you have to strengthen and, and coach them and mentor them in the pieces they're not so good at yeah. um, to bring them into the level that you need. But they're but they're, yeah, that's that can be a really tough uh, pieces of leadership in a leadership yeah. position. Like you know, okay, you, we're never going to be friends, but we work together. I totally respect what you, you don't have this. You can tell them this. Yeah, but well, sometimes you can do. But but you're again, you need to be getting the best out of people for the greater good of the business um, yeah. and the people around them. As I said, you know, people don't leave. People don't usually leave roles. They leave. They leave people. Oh yeah. So they're so they're leaving team members because they're all a bunch of assholes, or they're leaving a leader who's a real dick, and they just there's just no getting it. I mean, the no dickhead policy is now getting traction in a lot of places. <laughs> it's true. I mean, you should you shouldn't have to come to work and work with dickheads. Traditionally, if you go and get a job, you go and buy a house, you get married. You know, the world's changed a lot, and I have read a why. It's just like well, the why was. To earn money to put food on the table and to buy a house and a car that gets you from A to B and have some friends and that's yeah. that's the that's the dream. Um, whereas it's so much bigger than that now. It's so yeah. much that, you know people people are buying experiences rather than things. I mean people are renting clothes rather than buying them. Yeah. Um, the whole experiential world has just gone off the chart, yeah. um, which is fascinating. And even your your you know your VR is an experiential learning. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's amazing what technology is allowing us to do. Yeah. Um, so um, so yeah. I, I say come back to the empathy thing. I mean, it wasn't taught. I mean, you didn't go to you didn't go to school and was taught empathy. Or you know you, you know if you teach um, if you ask a fish to climb a tree, it thinks it's stupid. And that's, that's what schools do. <laughs> you know they te- they teach it. They teach you know you got the fish and the cow and the monkey and everything, and they just go yeah. climb a tree. And the fish goes, I can't climb a hundred tree. I'm a fish in a fishbowl. Whereas the monkey flies up the tree and goes, yeah, I am top of the class. So, you know, we give these, we teach people technical pieces, yeah. but the empathy, as far as I'm aware, um, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't get, when I get asked to teach, so I lecture at some universities, and I, even though I do leadership, I get asked to teach the, almost the technical sides of my, what I'm good at. So yeah. procurement and contracts and that. And I say, you know, if I'm teaching construction managers or architects at uni, I go, where's the leadership module for architects? Where's the leadership module yeah. for construction management? Well, we don't do it. If they want to do that, they've got to get an MBA or they've got to add something else on. And, um, and yet, and the softer side's just not there. And yet, that's the yeah. bit that's going to win. That's the bit that's going to get you in the future. That's the bit that's going to make you stand out. Shouldn't yeah. make you stand out now. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's linking it to results. Still got to do financial results. So, yeah. great market. Yeah, exactly. And that's the world we live in. So until we change those missions, I mean, we say that, you know, at the moment we're playing football, we want to change the whole world so that everyone's playing Quidditch. And they make it back to your muggle thing. They make it, <laughs> so it's, a, it's, it's still a level playing field, which is totally different rules. Yeah. But how do you take the world from measuring like we do now, which is football, yeah. to then becoming Quidditch? Um, that's a big task. And it will happen slowly. It's not just going to be like, you know, one day we're driving on one side of the road and tomorrow we're going to drive on the other side of the road like yeah. some countries do. It's not going to change like that. And what you're doing is going to help do. So then apart from workplaces engaging me to come and talk to them and give them the VR, so apart from that, what's maybe um, a couple of things that people listening could change in their day in your view so to be better, more empathetic 
leaders to get better business results and have better teams? Like, do you have any little tips or tricks or anything that you could give our thousands of millions of listeners? The main, the main thing to me is just treat people like they're human. It really is. It's like come in and seriously mean. So when you sit, when you come in, make the time to actually sit down and go, hi, guys, how's it going? In a relaxed position, not in a formal sit right opposite of the mat, but come down, you know, if you've got a group of five or six, just have a quick 10-minute chat. I mean, it doesn't have to be on Monday after the weekend. How was your weekend? It's high five and that. How's it going, guys? And like, seriously mean it. Make it conversational. Yeah. Make it so that they actually feel comfortable that they can actually open up to you. And, and it takes time to build that trust. It's not like, you know, you start a new job and you come in and you go, hi, guys, I'm your best friend. Yeah. I'm your boss, blah, blah, blah. Um, it takes time to do, but you've got to, you've got to have that consistency. So we go back to the bedrock of leadership. So you've got to come in and you've got to be emotionally stable every day. Whether you are or not, it, it, you're, you're, the, the first ever blog I wrote was the Swan Leader, which is you know, basically paddling like shit. Yeah, under the under the surface, we all get nervous. You still have to appear human as though, as well. So, uh, but on the surface, you are just gliding, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm casual and relaxed. And with what you're going to throw at me is not going to to fluster me. Yeah, I am. I will react to you in the same way as if you're going to tell me you're going to have a baby, to if you're going to tell me some really bad news. Yeah. Um, and and we will act the same way because then you're comfortable in approaching me, and you can talk to me, and we can yeah. open up about a conversation. Yeah. Um, so, but you do that by building trust, and you do that by continually talking, not saying where's your report. That's yeah. not the talk. It's like your report's due at five o'clock this afternoon. How are you up to? You still have to have some of those conversations because there are deadlines to do, and we're still measuring life yeah. like that. But we need to be at the point where if someone can actually talk to you as a human build it to a human being, and and uh, not be scared the last yeah. thing you want people to be is apprehensive or scared or you know we've as i say we've worked with a person who's so inconsistent you know we don't have three or four beers a night that takes the edge off of that this thing leads to downward scales spirals yeah. of other issues so so my tip is really just to be human it, it's yeah. it's the simplest of things it's to yeah. be um uh a guiding light of, of how leadership to be and even if you're struggling to do it if you want to be a great leader you're going to have to master it yeah because even part of that is part of being human is also making mistakes people are allowed to take risks Mm. make mistakes that's how we learn that's how we innovate so getting people to actually say what is it that you find challenging what is it and not not look at the response as being a personal affront it's what is it that we could do better? How, what are you finding challenging? What is it? What did you mess up this week? What did you learn from? And actually be open to those conversations as well, I think, as opposed to just, hey, everybody tell me how great your weekend was. But and also then you've got to, it's bigger than that because you've got to then do the process. So, I mean, so many companies go, well, we inspire innovation. And then so, and so you want that conversation. So I've got an idea. Like, Brilliant. Tell me your idea. And in some businesses, a lot of businesses, they'll go, could you write me a one-page business plan on that? Yeah. And it's like, no, I don't. It's an idea. I don't. I don't write a business plan. So that suddenly you get this obstacle put in the way. What you've yeah, got to okay. do is you go away and you say, you go, okay, well I trust you that you can do something with that. So go off and have a think about it and yeah. come back and and just kind kind of keep encouraging it. Yeah. To 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 the point where it's no longer an idea because they come to their own realization actually it wasn't going to work because of ABC. Yeah. Um, or, or it turns into something really cool. I mean, um, 
uh, you know, we there's the is it the 20% rule that certain companies have, like Google and that, where they 20% of their time, people's time, they give them to actually go away and come up with an idea. And some of the greatest innovations for those businesses have been that. So, okay, you, 20% of your time you've got to just deliver right. something. Yeah. Can be any can be anything. But yeah. most businesses again don't want to do that because they'll add 20%. So they'll go, you can do it on a Saturday. Yeah. Like you still got to do nine on a Monday to Friday, so you do it. Yeah. And a lot of companies won't do it because they can't necessarily afford to do it or believe they can't afford to do it yeah. because they haven't seen the result of doing that. And uh, again, yeah, I, it's, it's amazing how many companies stifle innovation and thinking um, because they put a process block up. Yeah. Fill in, a, fill in a form rather than go off and figure it out. I mean, who knows what the yeah. business plan is going to look like when I've just had a brand new idea? I don't know what revenue it's going to bring, how long it's going to take to design, or no. no, you know, it's and then, but and again, you build that trust, you like that conversations. You know, it's not just how you weep in, but someone goes, I've got this idea, go away and do that, go and you know, partner up with these guys, or you know, even start joining people in the business and go, like, yeah. Wow, look at that. I mean, I remember when I worked uh, for a very big engineering firm, very big engineering firm. Um, they had an ex-prime minister on their board of England um, and I was at the Property Council of Australia and I just got a bit fiddly once and I told them that I would get the prime minister the ex-prime minister to come and talk in Australia and I phoned my I was drunk woke, hung, hung over the next day I phoned up my boss in London and went like I promised these guys I'd get the prime minister and he was amazing because he didn't go like you're a fucking idiot why would you do that this bloke's on our board he's, you know, he's on an advisory board he's yeah. like, He's going, he's going, that's a great idea. These are the people you've got to speak to in America. Yeah. There is people. And, and like we went so far. I had so much fun. It never happened because it was quite it was quite <laughs> difficult. It was quite hard to do because he had Her Majesty's, he had James Bond flying with him and certain yeah. planes and certain hotels. And uh, and it, we didn't quite get it lined up. But just the, the empowerment this guy gave me yeah. to go, Mark, this is a great idea. Go and have some fun and do it. And I spent the next three months, you know, not all day every day, but you know, phone calls yeah. came, emails went back and forth to these amazing people around the world, figuring out how to get this ex-prime minister to Australia. That's it was awesome. just, it was awesome, and I loved it. And yeah, and I, and those are yeah, this guy. I don't remember quite what his name was. Jer- I think I can't remember his name. His name was Jeremy, not the not the prime minister, the guy, my boss. Um, but um, but yeah, I was just I was just empowered to do so. Yeah, uh, and it's like. You know, I was very lucky once. A young lad, when I was at my favourite company I've ever worked for, he came to me and said, "I want to write a book." And every other every other director I've been to has said, "Go and see Mark. We've got time. Go and see Mark and talk to him." Or whatever. <laughs> so this young guy, D, this young guy, Dean, goes, "I want to write a book." And I said, "This is fun." So he, he told me, and I was like, "That's quite a cool book." I said, "Like, write me one chapter. Go away, write me a chapter, and then I'll have a read." So he came back like two months later. I think he'd written me a first chapter. Uh, and it was brilliant. So then, and he's written this book. It's got published. It's that's um, awesome. Yeah, it's called uh, Breaking the Chain. Um, yeah. But again, if, if if I'd have just stifled that like everyone else, yeah. I mean, he may have ended up writing it. But he was so demoralised when he came to it. He was just everyone just tells me I'm an idiot because it's but not also about, it's not, not, not everybody has to be the author. Like getting really excited True. for the authors is just as <laughs> valuable as being the author yourself. But it was no skin off my nose to say, no. this is a great idea. I mean, Go not. It took five minutes of my time, yeah. yeah. And then I read a chapter. And I ended up reading his book, um, which was great. Mm. And it, uh, so, um, just, and you never know what these things are going to lead to. So, again, you know, the empathy, I think, or the, 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 the relationship you build to get more, to build more empathy with people. Yeah. The whole leadership 
is, is, is a real journey in terms of leading people. I mean, you don't have trust on day one. I mean, I do a lot of mentoring. You can't have trust on day one. Right. You know, I do a lot of mentoring on a year-by-year basis. You know, it takes three or four months to really build up some trust with people to get, so they can come and talk to you and open up. And it's the same with, with working with people um, and leading people. Um, but I think you just have to do it on a daily basis. It's not a false every Monday morning. How was your weekend gone? Yes. But also remember what they said. So when they say, <laughs> you know, oh, my kid's playing football or I'm going to do this for an innovation yeah. piece next week or come in and actually remember it and yeah. say, how, how did you go? Not just, again, listen to understand, not listen to reply. Yeah. Um, so that when they, so you can actually, you can even just write it down when you go away. Like, okay, kids oh, yeah. Went, so, <laughs> yeah. Put it in your diary or something. How did you go? And again, they're just, it's like, you know, the most powerful word in the world most powerful word in the world. You know what the most powerful word in the world is? I read a book and it's had the three most powerful words in the world, but the most powerful word in the world no. is your name. Uh, yeah. Because if I were, so, you know, I'm not, I haven't been one yet, but I am the CEO of a business and someone comes up to me and I've met them once and they're yeah. uh, yeah, and I meet them three months later and they're like, you know, they're just in a team and they're doing great yeah. stuff, but I don't come across them every day and I go, hey, man, how's, how are you doing? Wow. Yeah. Wow, that person oh, remembered yeah. me. Yeah. The power of that is yeah. unbelievable. So if you can, you know, and, and Australia is a nightmare because everyone's mate, right, mate? Oh, <laughs> and we get away with it. There you go, mate. Yeah. But, but know, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, that was my message today as well because that's what makes people feel visible and valued and important is if I'm important enough for you to remember my name, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I'm so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alrighty, we so, have yacked on, and this is going to be an absolute yeah. nightmare to edit. Um, sorry, because it's been really good. <laughs> um, was there any anything else you wanted to add? Because I'm out of, oh, I'm I out of so. ideas. If you're not, I mean, you've got everyone's got skills in that. Um, and leadership is, uh, well, for me, it's a it's a passion project. Right? Yeah. It gives me my purpose and my why of doing things. Um, used to be delivering projects on deadlines, but I thought I lost my passion for that. It's now people. So, so no, I, I would just say um, continue to be passionate about people and, and just uh, let empathy rule, really. Part of my three rules of bedrock of leadership. So, yeah, do that. Thank you so I, much. I was, you're welcome. I'm, I'm wrapping this up. Okay. Um, Bye. But yeah, if you want to look up Mark on LinkedIn, Mark J. Bray on LinkedIn. Um, um, and if you want to come to one of my workshops in November, you can look me up on loseyourmind.com.au. Um, Perfect. Thank you. thank you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Listening at the orange door, I lose your mind. 